0: you got mail. Hey everyone, let's play a game. We are here for the next episode of Tech Stream. His name is Shelly Palmer. I'm Seth Everett. And what games do you want to play? Would you be interested in a game of Fortnite? Would you be interested in some esports? Either way, you're in the news. And Shelly, there is a case that caught my eye. Apple versus Fortnite. First of all, you don't play Fortnite, do you? Let's just get that out of the way.
1: When when you say don't play, of course, I have messed around with Fortnite. I would hardly call myself an avid player of any video game. I like gaming, but I'm terrible at it. I'm also supposedly not in the appropriate demographic. My son's Uh, bought me an xbox for one of my birthdays many years ago was the all singing all dancing xbox and at that time halo was like the the 97th version of halo so they made me start from the beginning and play through all of the different versions of halo and i did get pretty good with the controller and i actually developed a little bit of skill just enough to realize i had no skill whatsoever in other words you get to a certain level and you realize wow this is hopeless the people that play this are amazing. So I now consider myself a casual gamer, one, one who enjoys it just for the you know, relaxation of it. But wow, the Apple Fortnite thing, that's a, that's a right. war.
0: Okay, so, so let, let, let's get into this. And tell me if I'm, I'm simplifying this too much. Um, in iPhones, in order to get an app, you need to go to the app store. Mm-hmm. Fortnite is saying, no, we want to go direct to consumer. If they go to Fortnite.com or whatever their website is, they want to be able to put something on their devices, on iOS devices.
1: What I don't well, see- that, that's all. Let, let's get that exactly right so okay. that everybody understands. Please. So yeah, obviously for security reasons and for all the reasons Apple will state, the only way to put a legal app an official app on your iPhone or iDevice is through the Apple App Store. This is for a lot of reasons. It's quality control. It's because qu- it, it, quality assurance is critical. Security is critical. You know, if the app does something to your phone, you're going to blame Apple that your phone doesn't work. You're not going to blame the developer of the app, right? So they want to make sure that they have complete control. They also, make a fortune in the app store. They charge a giant chop. They charge a giant chop for the developers. And they also charge a giant chop of the in-app purchases and they control the data. So they are completely in control of everything that happens inside legitimate iPhone app sales. But at that point,
0: Mm -hmm. isn't that their prerogative to do so? See, this is my takeaway from this whole thing is if I want to make an app and I want to do something the right way. It's not called free range OS. It's iOS, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So there's two sides to this argument. One, Apple's says, look, this is our terms of sale. This is our contract. This is our ecosystem. We're not forcing you to make your app available for uh, iPhone owners or iPad users. And, you're, you there are plenty of other places, you know, there's the whole Android world. There's the whole there's a million other places you can go ahead and make your games available. But if you're going to make them available here, our terms of sale are X. And this is what you'll pay us. And this is the commission. And these are the terms and conditions from a security standpoint. Remember, you've got to get your app approved. There's all kinds of stuff going on when you put an app in, in the Apple App Store. And just to be clear, there is a whole culture of people who who jailbreak their iPhones you can do that there are a lot of ways to circumvent ios but it voids your warranty it does all kinds of things so legitimate people don't do it and anyway that's well, the same Apple's- thing that
0: we talked about a couple episodes ago with a vpn it's not against the law
1: it violates your terms of service yeah you just shouldn't do it because you're really not going to get the best experience anyway apple says this is the contract you know live with it you don't want to do it don't do it epic is saying it's terrifying they assert in every way that Apple charges exorbitant fees uh, to all developers and really singles out um, them, (laughs) although they don't, and that it's stifling smaller businesses and prohibiting fair competition. And they've really asserted all. And by the way, they're suing Google, too. They have the same exact gripe with Google's Play Store. It's not just Apple.
0: But those things may all be true, to which I would then say, so Uh, tough. Yeah. that's right. Well, you know <laughs> what's interesting is what it, what it looks like from a distance is that Fortnite's trying to say we're big enough, we're big enough to take on this juggernaut. We're going to try. What mm-hmm. I just don't see is I don't see the leg to stand on because, you know, and and this is partly a Microsoft question too. And you mentioned Google, but Microsoft, you know, if if you have a Windows computer, you can download apps. And I just want to bring up an example because I love irony. Mm-hmm. You can get iTunes through the Microsoft store yes. or you can go directly to apple.com. And I'll tell you firsthand the apple.com version, not the Microsoft store version is better.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's L- a pot calling the kettle black. Um, 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 I wish I could really argue with you on this one. Tim Sweeney, who is, you know, uh, kind of rich all by himself, you know, I think okay. I think he's on the Bloomberg list in the nine. He's like worth over nine billion dollars. This is a lot of rich people fighting rich people. Right. And he, they just want a better deal. It's like it's hard to get excited. But it sets a or precedence a for side. the little people. Well, it,
0: it, it if doesn't Fortnite it wins. This opens up Pandora's box.
1: And I think both Apple and Google have realized, if nothing else, what Tim Sweeney's lawsuit has done and uh, against Google and Apple is sort of put Apple and Google on notice that maybe they should pay a little more uh, attention to new developers and maybe not hit them so hard. And there have been some there have been some headway there. But when you look at something as mature as Fortnite and by the way, Seth, what made it possible for Fortnite to be that popular is the first question I would ask. And I ask this question a lot of ways too. Of. This goes back to like the old music video question, right? At a certain point, music videos became content. And when they started out as promotional videos and then they somehow evolved into content. So at one point, the music video was promoting an album sale. Remember albums and making an artist more popular. If an artist was capable of making a good video that would propel their album sales and be good for them. But at a certain moment in time, the record companies said, you know what? On a channel like MTV, the only thing they play is music videos. They're getting them all for free shouldn't they pay us for that? Isn't it content? And so every platform is symbiotically tied to the content, whether it be promotional or other that drives the consumer adoption of both the platform and the consumer adoption of the content. And I think it gets a little bit weird now when everybody's a little more mature, Fortnite's very popular. People love it. iPhones are very popular. People love them. Which came first, the iPhone or Fortnite? Which enabled the other, iPhone or Fortnite? It's very hard to take those two things apart and say, well, without iPhone, would Fortnite be as popular? The Fortnite people will argue, yes, in which case app they made Apple's case. Okay, so then you don't want to be on Apple? Don't be on Apple. And if it is the other way around, right, then they don't have a case either. Because like, Neither way, to your point, Fortnite really doesn't have a case, but they're going to make it anyway, and they are arguing it. It's a bench bench trial, and we'll see. It will surely be appealed. And the Google trial is scheduled to start relatively soon. It's going to be fascinating. I think it's more interesting not what happens to Epic, but what happens to small gamer game uh, developers because there that big chop that Apple and Google take that really means something to a small developer. You know that that extra couple bucks on every single uh, opportunity, and also the in-app purchases, the chop they take out of that. Look, Apple does make it inconvenient, Seth. If you're If you go to buy a book on amazon you know you you, you know you can't do it on your iphone right you go to download an audible audiobook you you can't download it directly you've got to get it on your desktop and then put it on your device i mean apple does make it really hard for competitive and spotify is mad at them also same reason right spotify doesn't get to charge you doesn't get to advertise the fact that you can buy an ad free version of spotify on your iOS device because Apple has Apple Music and they want to torture them. And they torture them. So, is that unfair? I don't know. They own the iPhone ecosystem. Is that unfair?
0: But that's the, that's and that's the that's the point. The the you own the, the the ecosystem and when when it's an operating system that you've purchased, you're purchasing it under their rules. Yeah. And so, they, you know, if I want to say that I want to play uh, my game, you know, I, I came up with the, uh, the the Seth Everett game and we're playing that game. But you don't can't use Windows. You can't, you, and people are like, well, if you show me how to do it, I'll figure a way. And, and, and that'll be the story. And that's where this all comes down to. By the way, this court case will be broadcast live on Twitch.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Ones. Well, you that, know come that on that is a joke of course it's a joke but actually twitch is fascinating too because they they've redefined television they've helped the esports business immeasurably and the culture on twitch is i think it's reflective in many ways of of the game gaming culture it's so much like regular television it's kind of a little bit off topic, but Twitch is so much like regular television. You know, there are, there are very specific times that things happen. The gamers don't do esports on Twitch. They practice on Twitch, but the ecosystem that's evolved around these practice sessions and some of the really good uh, gamers, it's spectacular. Um, The creativity and also the money that's being spent and the attention that's being spent. But I got a question for you, Seth. When, when you look at when you look at the emergence of esports and the importance of video games in our culture right now, where does that sit in the greater sports spectrum? Like you cover a lot of sports in your in your other podcasts and it just in general. Where do you see esports going from a sociology standpoint, from a popularity standpoint?
0: I think it's growing. And I think the pandemic was a big benchmark for it because when sports were shut down, many sports went to esports. You know, football had football players playing Madden on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, car racing, Formula E, we talked about them last week. Uh, they did uh, virtual races on on Twitch. I mean, they the Twitch I I thought had an amazing twenty twenty. And full disclosure, I should say, uh, I work there uh, part time as a freelancer. I'm part of the Sports Accelerator program there. You have a Twitch channel as well. Uh, I follow your channel. I think you follow my channel. And I do. What I what I wonder about uh, their content and what they're doing. They're putting a ton of dollars into this Sports Accelerator program. Uh, not to me. <laughs> they've they've brought in um, dozens of. People like me, you know, broadcaster types, but from mm-hmm. all over the country. And there is this voyeurism that is very esports connected. I'll show you how this all connects. But what a lot of these European um, sports accelerators, because I'm on a Discord with them and I see their stuff all the time, they watch games together. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, uh, you know <laughs> unless there's protest, Man U is playing Liverpool, and there are a bunch of people going on Twitch just to watch people watch a sport. Yeah. That is, <laughs> that is beyond peeping, Tom. <laughs> that is, that's incredible to me. Now, I am starting to understand why people watch people play video games. You know, I've dabbled. I, I was always a big uh, NHL fan you know and i played madden in the 90s and mm-hmm. my funny story is i played in a madden league against the denver broncos in 1997 when they were the super bowl champions and yeah. our madden final got delayed because those stinkers made the super bowl and <laughs> i remember back then you know i thought you know my interest level was much greater than it is now but once i got this this new system of mine over the summer uh, I started dabbling in NHL 21 and I played it on Twitch. Cause I had this Twitch channel because of the sports accelerator program. I, I, I'm a, I have this channel. Why not? And I did it at random hours of the day. Cause you know, I do a lot of morning radio and <laughs> there were people coming in droves to watch yeah. me play a video game.
1: And I, 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 I would have signed, devo- signed up for that, Seth. I would have definitely, I would have signed up for that. I mean, I would have watched, <laughs> of course I would have watched. Yeah.
0: What. But I don't understand it. I, I, I understand the, the, there are these matches and you cross a line when it's watching a video game, but when it's watching, watching people, just watching things, mm-hmm. that I don't understand. Like you and I are never going to have a watch along on an NFL Sunday.
1: Well, we, we may end or we may not. What I think is happening, and it's not unique to esports, I think people are seeking out new ways to gather new ways to communicate and new ways to share experiences. And one of the things I love about esports, and I'm not going to, I'm not a shill for Twitch. I, I don't make money from them. They're not clients of mine, although I have a lot of friends that work there. I'm fascinated by the, by the environment. I'm fascinated by the platform for a lot of reasons, but one of the most interesting things has to do with the complete control that the gamers have while streaming over the world that they have created. Think about, but <laughs> I mean, think about exactly what's happening. What they they have these massive gaming PCs and then the best of them have streaming PCs, too. So we're talking about a ton of technology. There's an entire world like when People my age used to hop up their cars. Nobody touches a car anymore because you can't. When you open up a hood, it's all plastic except for where you put the oil. Cool. But everybody's building their own PCs. Everybody is, is overclocking their processors. So you've got these incredible gaming PCs with amazing monitors. There's, there's a business in gaming chairs, gaming keyboards. The, just the people who do custom keyboards would blow your mind. There's a world, a world of cool stuff that goes on there. Then there's the whole streaming side then you've got something even more remarkable then you've got the talk shows on youtube about the twitch channels which to me is awesome you you, there are there are people who comment on the people who are commenting and those people watch that now you now seth you got to remember that when wfan started when sports radio started in new york city nobody believed Nobody believed that anyone would listen to two people, a Seth Everett and a guest, right. talk about sports when you could be watching sports and having a commentator. Right. And no one remembers that this was a completely out of control, redonkulous concept for radio back when it started. And it took off like nobody's business. And of course, there were media pundits and other channels. And you know this is true. There are radio shows about radio shows. Yep. And to me, this makes total sense. There are video game channels about video game channels. And there are. It's awesome. To me, it's awesome. And it's just the maturity and the evolution. And it also says something about how in a modern era, with the tools and technology we have available to us, people are going to to figure out ways to gather around communities of passion. And it's pure and it's beautiful. And in in its own way, it's, it's uniquely 21st century because it's empowered by the tools we have. It's unique to a generation because they were born with this these tools. You don't see a lot of people that are out of that culture in it. You don't see a lot of people. There's not a lot of digital tourism into that world. I'm one of the few people, my, you know, that I will find like it's, it's I don't find a lot of people I can talk to. I'm truly a voyeur when I go there because I'm fascinated by it. It reminds me so much of the way that every generation has found its own Media tool set. My generation was MTV. You know, we found cable television. We found a completely different way to to voice our my my the generation just before me. My older cousins, not my parents. My older cousins were all into um, w- what we would call the the hippie era, the bohemian era, the Woodstock era. They they wanted to just they had their own music. They had their own world. I was a little bit too young for that. My group, you know, we. We came in, we came of age really, you know, at the end of the 70s, the early 80s, when the whole world had changed, the cable revolution happened. Sure. Uh, people came into age of age when the internet started or when the pre-internet started, right? When AOL and Prodigy and group came in when the real the World Wide Web started. Then we have a social media generation. And now we have a generation that's post that. Now we have a generation of truly uh, citizen streamers. This is a, a completely different world. I'm so excited by it. To tell you the truth, and there's so much interesting, like there's so much interesting content being generated by this group, and yeah, a lot of it's around esports, which is great, but a lot of it's in other places too, right? TikTok has taken the world by storm. It's
0: not just sports games.
1: No, it's It's, the whole culture.
0: Call of Duty. It's 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 anything.
1: It's the culture around video gaming, right? Esports is maybe a too much of a catch-all fra- phrase for for gaming online or e, You know, I, I can't call it e-gaming; you just call it gaming. It's and by the way, is casual gaming in there? That's the problem. It, it it's probably misnamed a little bit. I mean, people are playing Words with Friends, probably, or you know, Candy Crush probably don't qualify as, as esports people. Uh, although I'm, That'd be I'm awesome sure they would are... put
0: a game of like Candy Crush <laughs> on Twitch and get yeah. like thousands of views. That would be incredible.
1: I'm Can you be believe fair, he
0: moved the raspberry?
1: I, yeah. By the way, I I'm not sure that's not Twitch happening. No, I'm literally not sure that's not happening. So I, I don't want to sound like I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm not deep enough into into the Candy Crush Twitch channel to know. But I can tell you that I'm. This is a place where a lot of interesting stuff is going. On. Far more interesting, by the way, than broadcast or anything else.
0: But in order to stream on Twitch, you have to, uh, you know, put contact. You know, There's usually apps, you know, StreamYard or Streamlabs. I use uh, Streamlabs. And there are apps for the Apple App Store, just tying it all together. There are apps for the t- Apple App Store that allow you to project your mobile games onto a PC, which can then be read by Streamlabs. So, for example, I've played NBA 2K Mobile Edition on my iPhone and aired it on
1: Twitch. Sure, why not? It, <laughs> and I did do. it,
0: and I did it just to see I just want to see the technology work. And <laughs> yeah. I I couldn't get over it.
1: No, we're we're in a brave new world now. By the way, some of this stuff going on with Apple and Google and the developers is a good fight. Right. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be more equitable. And I'm certainly I'm look, we do a lot of program and app development at the Palmer Group and We're also, you know, subservient to Apple and Google's terms of service. And like all of our clients, could it be easier? Could it be better? Yeah. Is it too much of a separator? Yes, it is. Is it too expensive? Absolutely. But one of the things that's important, Seth, and I think everyone needs to understand this, is that Apple and Google run very different businesses when it comes to their app stores. The Apple app store is... Draconian in its rule base. But there's also something really wonderful about iOS, and there's no way to get around it. Until Apple officially end of life's a specific iOS version, it will run on every iOS device and every app will run on that device. And when they update it, they update across the board. This is not possible in the Android ecosystem. There are phones that just they that's it, you really can't update them. The hardware and the software are too linked together. There's been an, enough modification by the phone manufacturer to make the Android version so not stock that you couldn't do a, a, an upgrade to the phone or an update to the software. And so Google has never really been as flexible uh, with what gear you buy, as Apple has. And what I mean by that is, Apple's not flexible in that. They're all iPhones. Google is not flexible in that. Whatever phone you bought, that's probably the last Android update that's, unless it's a, a phone that has stock Android on it, which is hard to find. I mean, Google's Pixel has stock Android, but, and there's a couple of phones. And people very often will root their phones and put stock Android on. But people who know, better. But if you're using all the stuff that comes from Samsung, or you're using all the stuff that, you know, is coming from the phone manufacturer from the phone manufacturer, there's a really good chance you're locked into something that's terrible anyway. So I, I, I think these are different businesses. And for f- the guys at Epic to go after Google, the same way they're going after Apple. It's like they're going after them financially, because they certainly aren't about the business models. The only thing that's similar to Apple in that case is that they both charge and you know, a pretty decent shop to the game developers for the honor of being in their respective stores.
0: But what about, and I, I just want to throw one other like s- slider into the, into this conversation. And that is a little known fact that Twitch is owned by Amazon. Yeah. It's
1: and, not little known.
0: You know, <laughs> well, no, 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 It's, it's little, it, it doesn't get talked about enough. And right. what I have learned uh, in the, in recent times is that you can uh, air Amazon Prime programming on your Twitch channel.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of like, course.
0: Really? And, uh, they, you- and they just purchased the uh, Thursday night NFL package. And this mm-hmm. goes back to a thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I'm only interested in when we fi- find out where the NFL Sunday ticket goes. But if it goes to Amazon and Twitch gets involved in that, and there's a chance that Twitch becomes a conduit for real life sports to combat or, or to, to coincide with the esports, you're talking about mastering the ecosystem.
1: Amazon's strategy has been completely amazing when it comes to all of this. They, yeah, between IMDb and they watch and this Twitch. court
0: case and they're like, Haha, yeah, go either way, it's going to be on my channel.
1: Yeah. Um, there's, we can cover it next week. We won't have time to get into it today, but Amazon just released an entire tool set that basically puts a full video studio in the cloud for everybody. It's reasonably priced. It's of course on AWS. I was going through it over the weekend. When you talk about ease of use and you talk about, you know, the, the right way to approach this. Yes, they own Twitch. Yes, you can put, your prime content on there, but they really understand what's happening with video and they really understand what's coming. And I think if you think if you think Amazon is everywhere now, (laughs) put on your seatbelt, because this is uh, the stuff they're the stuff that they're just releasing now from a tool set perspective, I think is going to have a dramatic impact on how. the the actual manufacturing of content takes place which is amazing to me right i mean yeah. they're just they're everywhere you know you're on, they're, they're on the here rent it and here make it <laughs> it's like, it's amazing right. to me it's no, amazing the,
0: the whole the whole thing is fascinating and what i what i was getting at more so is um, a little known fact that you can if you have amazon prime uh, you can subscribe to a twitch channel f- completely for free and mm-hmm. amazon play, pays the the tw- the Twitch account.
1: Yes, that's right, that's right. It's that's a it's amazing. Well, I mean, they own they own the service, right. right? They they do. The other thing that's fascinating about Twitch, by the way, I tell anybody is,
0: who's related to me subscribe. If you're related yeah. to me, just subscribe to the channel. You don't even have to watch it.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, the other thing that's amazing about Twitch, actually, is how super targeted their advertising is and how amazingly relevant they've been able to like, we always talk about relevance and data and right person, right time, right place, right content. The the people on Twitch are so self selected for what they're doing. It's hard to see an ad there that you want to get out of your like, it's amazing to me how spot on that stuff is. And I think it's just because it really is a community of passion. There are, And by the way, how smart was Amazon to buy it? I don't know. Right. right. It, it's just, you know, it's its own little world. Look, Seth, we're in a place where Epic is doing is doing the heavy lifting for a lot of small developers, but don't, you know, it's it's basically selfishness shrouded in altruism. They're just trying to get a better deal for their shareholders. And it's hard to get excited about it because you know, Apple and Google are like so valuable and so gigantic as companies and their market caps are so big. Oh, poor Apple, you know, really? <laughs>
0: Well but but that's but that's exactly what the theme of this podcast has become. You know, it's it's not just tech, it's pop culture and to see the tech invade the pop culture and them to come out together is truly fascinating. And that yeah. that's the fascinating part about the whole thing.
1: I would I would ask everybody who's listening to weigh in, right? I'd want to hear what people think because it doesn't matter what you and I think. What it matters is how people feel about this. Is at, is Apple so ubiquitous now and so big that we have to treat it like something that owes us something? Right, do, do they what do they it's owe entitlement. us? Entitlement, right? Right or are 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 like we think that about the cable industry, right? We think that about internet. We we forget that when we had a wire towns years ago, we had public service utility commissions had to franchise cable operators who had to put up millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars and rent phone poles and dig holes and, you know, put, and take a giant financial risk. Well, and of course that's so many years ago, nobody remembers it. It's now, now I just hate my cable company the same way I hate the gas company, the same way I hate the utility bill. It's just a grudge buy. Right? So is Apple a grudge buy? Oh, wow. I have to buy another phone now. I can't believe it. It's like, so no, but I'm serious, like, or have they ascended to the point now where I take them for granted, and they owe me something. And I want to know what people think about that, because there's another way to look at it, which is, you know, they're, they're innovating every day, and they're, you know, incrementally improving every day, and they're trying to make the world, you know, their products better, and they're charging us for it. Or do they owe me the next iPhone, and it better be cheap? <laughs> I don't know the answer.
0: There's a Twitter account, and uh, we take all the comments. And so far, I'll say this about comments from people who hear the show: they've been really nice. Nobody's yes. really ripped any of us.
1: Oh, I, mean, I thought they'd rip you at least. I'm no, just kidding. No, mo- no. Mostly people look. I'm binary, right? Either you like me or you don't like me. And mostly people are very vocal each way. Um, you know, and like I like to say, I'm never as smart as people say I am, and I don't think I'm anywhere near as stupid as people say I am. Although you never know. <laughs>
0: That's Shelly Palmer. I'm Seth Everett. Uh, That'll do it for this week's edition of TechStream. We will see you next week.